A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to the Pharisees, There was a rich man who dressed in purple garments and fine linen, and dined sumptuously each day. And lying at his door was a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who would have gladly eaten his fill of the scraps, and fell from the, that fell from the rich man's table. Dogs even used to come and lick his sores. When the poor man died, he was carried away by the angels to the bosom of Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. And from the netherworld where he was in torment, he raised his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he cried out, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am suffering torment in these flames. Abraham replied, My child, remember that you received that you received what was good during your lifetime, while Lazarus likewise received what was bad. But now he is comforted here, whereas you are tormented. Moreover, between us and you a great chasm is established, to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or from your side to ours. He said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they too come to this place of torment. But Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. He said, O no, Father Abraham, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. Then Abraham said, If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead. When I was in Mundelein Seminary, just before the first few weeks of classes, there was a field day, which the entire seminary divided up into teams. The teams got the chance to compete in various different events, like field events, like soccer, fighting with those giant Q-tips, and maybe getting to enjoy a beer or two as well. Just before the end of the games, there was also a tug-of-war match in which the teams competed against each other. Team 3 was called, my team, and I was up. Being the biggest guy on the team, I was told to be the anchor. The whistle sounded. With everything in my might, we pulled against the opposing team. But what I quickly noticed was that our team did not pull together. We were not united, and we struggled to hold the line against our opponent, who was much stronger. In the gospel today, there are two main people, a man who entered into eternal punishment and the other man who entered eternal life. When we look at what separates them, there are many different things that we could see or note. One had amassed great wealth, the other didn't. One lived relatively comfortably, and the other didn't. One lived without and much suffering, you know, and the other obviously did. While we could focus on those different themes, there's another theme that's important that I want to point out. One man lived a life united to God and his neighbor, and the other man lived in disunity with God and his neighbor and valued himself. One lived a life of unity, and the other lived a life of disunity. For today, my friends, that's the key difference that I want to highlight in this story, that one lived united to God and neighbor, and the other one did not. Remember, over the next several weeks, I wanted to take some time to go back to the basics, as I mentioned last week, and talk about the Eucharist, to really reflect on how the Eucharist impacts us in our lives. This week, I wanted to focus how the Eucharist impacts us in staying united within our community and with the Catholic Church at large as well. You know, I don't know about you and your families, but sometimes within my own family, and I suspect in others, there is great disunity. In family dynamics, we experience difficulty with living under someone's authority, with challenging as we see each other things differently, 
especially with our siblings sometimes. And also we might struggle in living together with close proximity to someone else. While there are those sorrows, the joys of family life can be just the opposite, and we learn how to receive love from others as well. In many ways, family life can be similar to life in this faith community. That is, we have to live under the authority of someone outside of ourselves. We're challenged to see things from different perspectives and from different people. And by the very nature of life and community, we are in close proximity to others, especially when we worship together at Mass. We are reminded that we do not worship alone. In those ways, we certainly experience the challenge of being part of a faith community, and we are able to receive the joys as well. In this delicate balance of having those challenges and having those joys in this communal life, we can fully realize the impact of the Eucharist on us, on our community of faith. And sometimes things stand in the way to get in the way of being unified and being together, that is, receiving the fruit of the Eucharist. I don't know about you, but there's certainly moments in which I can fall into that gossip. Gossip is a main way in which sometimes our families and our lives can be fragmented. Sometimes we experience feelings of power when we gossip about someone else. Sometimes we just want to be heard. But sometimes what's at the very center of gossip is that I just want to get my own way on my own terms. I remember at times in the seminary that sometimes I realized that I lived in a community, myself being one of them, of those that engaged in professional gossip, really crisp modes of gossip. I remember when Bishop Hine was moved, when he was moved from our diocese to another one. By the time I woke up at around 7 o'clock, I had gotten four text messages that Bishop Hine was being moved to another diocese. My bishop was being moved. One of them even came at around quarter after four in the morning. And it was because some of the seminarians would read the latest from Rome about six hours or so ahead and get the latest scoop and want to share it. We were really engaged in a professional life of gossip, for better or for worse. Sometimes we enter into that, and Pope Francis has commented on gossip, that as we enter into our own terms, that gossip can just fragment our communities. He says, Gossip is not a work of the Holy Spirit. It is not a work of unity of the Church. Gossip destroys the work of God. To keep our faith community united together in the fruit of the Eucharist, to allow the Eucharist to impact us, we should avoid gossip at all costs. Not only does the Eucharist strengthen us with each other, but it also strengthens our unity with the Catholic Church as a whole. Sometimes we forget another way to refer to the Eucharist is communion, that is, to be in communion with the Catholic Church. Every time someone receives the Eucharist, I would say, or another Eucharistic minister says, the body of Christ. And then the person receiving the Eucharist responds, Amen. It's in that moment of saying Amen, of receiving communion, that we say with our actions, with our words, that what we believe, or at least what we struggle or working towards believe, are everything that the Catholic Church has to offer us of what we should believe is what the church teaches, even if sometimes that's a struggle to believe it. That means that as a Catholic, when we say amen, we assent, we believe in what the church teaches, or at least struggle to believe on social justice, on life, on marriage, on sexuality, on the scriptures, on the person of Jesus Christ, the seven sacraments of the church, the papacy, even just to name a few of those things of our Catholic faith. 
That's why we ask non-Catholics to refrain from receiving the, the Eucharist, because they are not yet in communion with the Catholic Church. They have not yet had the chance to profess belief in what the Catholic Church believes and teaches, and they have not yet had the chance to become formally a part of the body of Christ in this way. That's why it's so important to remember that while we ask non-Catholics to refrain from receiving the Eucharist, it's because we want the opportunity for them to reflect on the teachings, to formally become a part of the Church and baptism, and then receive the Eucharist in full communion with the Catholic Church, to let those actions reflect those words wholeheartedly and fully. In the end, that tug-of-war match at the field day, our team was not united. We didn't work together. We were not coordinated. I could feel our team being pulled forward, and suddenly we were being pulled down, and our team our team was dragged through the dirt. So too in our lives we have to realize that standing united with each other, with the church, means to stand together, to pray for one another, to be more deeply united as brothers and sisters in the Eucharist. If we do not, when that tug-of-war match gets too strong with evil or temptation, we stand to be dragged through the dirt and disunity and falling into lives of gossip or falling into lives that are not in line with the church. In our life as Catholics, receiving the Eucharist, we let us choose that moment of unity to be connected to each other in this faith community and to be connected to the Catholic Church at large as well. When we live lives that are united, we live them closer to God and closer to neighbor. Let us always choose to live lives of unity in the fruit of the Eucharist, to be always united to God and neighbor as well.